Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Competitive Enablement Show. I'm your host, Adam McQueen, and I am still in Minnesota, live at Intellicom with our friends from Skip. It's the end of day two and the end of our week here. The hotel staff are packing up things around me, and I think they're telling me I gotta leave. We've had a great week, and I had a couple more guests join me live at our booth to share their expertise in the world of competitive enablement. I'm so excited for you all to hear this. I can't wait to do more of these types of episodes. And with that all said, let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm joined by Cam Mackey, the executive director of Skip, the man who is making the magic happen here at Skip. Cam, this is a pleasure to have you on. Hey, man, thanks for the invitation. It's awesome to be here. Awesome to see so many great people together. And thanks for uh, the Clue team for all the great support. What's been... What's been the overall feeling with this yeah. going on? Is it relief? Is it yeah? Excitement? No, honestly, just just great energy. You know, it's it's. Uh, I got to say, you know, thanks to our members, our board, our sponsors. You know, last two years we've been doing everything virtual. The response has been dynamite. But you know, it's it's you get this chemistry and this energy when you're face to face, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we I think uh, we all needed it. We're thriving on it. People are talking. You know, we've done a couple of social events, Adam, and just it's just seeing people smiling and laughing. It's uh, it's been great. So you know, not even getting into what people are learning, but just bringing a community together. Man, mm-hmm. it's what it's all about. All right. So you, although you don't necessarily hail from a competitive background, yeah. I mean, you've picked up a thing or two through osmosis. Sure. If you were to lead your own session at yeah. Skip, what would it be? Yeah, no, it's, it's a it's a good question. So yeah, my background, I'm a nonprofit guy, but you know, prior to joining Skip in 2019, I spent about two decades working with uh, uh, leadership and manufacturing companies, and you know, I loved it because you know, leadership they don't care if you call it market intelligence, sales enablement, CI. You know, it it's that doesn't make a difference. It's what's the outcome for the business. And so I think yeah, if I if I wanted to do a session, it would probably be a fireside chat with a CEO or you know someone mm. really really heavy hitter thinking about. What do they need uh, from an intelligence perspective? What do they need um, in order to to really get their attention? And how how are we missing the mark right now? As CI professionals, right, we do a lot of good, but man, we got some bad habits. And so mm-hmm. I think having a dialogue with senior leadership in a you know candid, you know, no BS way, I think, and hopefully give some good ideas for CI professionals and, and you know any type of insights professional on how we can level up. How do you think CI pros are missing the mark right now? Yeah, you know, so I'm going to say it's a complicated answer. So Mm. piece number one, I'm not sure that companies are doing the best job staffing the functions. Mm. You know, we see a lot of organizations where they'll, you know, put someone in a CI position or a compete position and they don't have any background in it. And sometimes they're not even getting much support. And so, you know, there are great providers out there, you know, Skip's one of them to do training and, you know, uh, help build peer networks. But I think, you know, the first thing, management probably needs to be a little more uh, intentional and thoughtful about how we're staffing and, and also how we're resourcing these functions. You know, mm-hmm. we see a big investment increase in all types of uh, competitive enablement and CI, which is great. It's There's still a lot of confusion out in the marketplace about, okay, what's my, what should my mix be between inside talent, outsourced services, tech, et cetera. So, you know, I think, leadership and companies need to help CI think through that. I think finally from a, you know, what can CI professionals do? Just be curious, right? Um, you know, we even have a lot of members and you guys probably have a lot of clients. You know, CI or compete, it's not full time for them, right? It might be mm-hmm. something they're a product marketer they do on the side. 
So I think, you know, the key recommendation there, be curious, right? You know, recognize that you probably don't know much. That's cool. Find someone who does, you know, join a network, um, attend conferences, whatever it is, you know, read white papers. There's a lot of great info out there if you're just curious and uh, tap into the great resources available. I'm joined by Dustin Ray, the head of intelligence at Datto. What have been some of the biggest takeaways from some of the sessions so far? These have been great sessions. I would say I've been coming to Skip for quite a few years now. I've found a lot of these sessions to be very powerful where... Uh, and very insightful. So even we started here on Monday. I went to a couple of great classes that were on like win-loss. And it was very interesting to see of how, from across the, the intelligence base here, of how to best organize and how to do that. And then also I attended a, uh, a, a seminar yesterday too that was more on you gotta, how to prepare and how you, as, a, as an intelligence professional, half of us is how do we elicit information? What are some of the best practices? It was very insightful. I'd never, I've just always said, okay, here's what I want answered and just jumped into conversation. Where there was a whole different plan, like put together a whole plan of how you're gonna get to it and then also take into account uh, psychology and how to work with people so you can validate information but also dig deeper. So very insightful. And then, and then two is uh, there's been a couple of, examples of different groups um, uh, Salesforce did one of how they kicked off and how they've grown their their CI capabilities and then uh, there was one yesterday where she went over a lot of how they were in strategy and it was the market Intel side and how they impacted the business and where they sat in the business so I, I learned a lot about hey there's different ways of how we need to sit and work with different people in the business based off of what their responsibilities are and we got to understand where we sit as a team so very, uh, it's been very good to learn that here, and it's been it's been one of the main things I've I've caught out of. It. Okay, so if you you've been a couple times to Intelico now, if you were to lead a session next year, Cam calls you up. What would you lead a session on? So I would one would be based on okay, if you fall underneath sales, where's the best place to work? Or the next would actually be how do you deal with uh, where you lie in the business, and how do you address those KPIs and grow from there, right? Because um, I think, and even in the Salesforce one today, it made they made a lot of sense. Hey, look, you have to make sure you're meeting the goals of where you report into, but also you have to be able to establish those paths to Intel. So with the front end of the business to collect it. So I think there could be a great, a great series next year, but they should focus on that, right? Rather than, hey, how do we get more from the business instead of how do we better fill those KPIs and how do we better create those Intel connections and networks with the front end of the business. I am joined by Pierre Hiller, the Senior Director of Competitive Intelligence at Veeam Softwares. You're, you're active, you're part of the skipboards, so you've met a lot of compete professionals over the years. Have you seen a notice, noticeable shift over the past few years about how competitive experts are operating or oh, yeah. the world they're living in? <laughs> well, I have only nine years. <laughs> I still feel I'm young in it, you know, to be honest. But yeah, even in the last nine years, there's been an acceleration in the shift. Uh, there is two big things, two big dimensions that have changed in my in my experience. The first one is, of course, like the tools. Like when mm. I started, literally, we started using like wikis or SharePoints and Excel and stuff like that. And over the last yeah nine years, there's been an explosion of the CI vendors like mm. you know Clue or, or Creon stuff stuff like that. Uh, that really makes our life easier, I guess. You know because it's like out of the box platforms that we can use. So I think that's the first one I've seen that when you start now as a CI specialist makes your life way easier because yeah. you don't have to custom build the platform or manage it yourself. It's, it's really light touch. So I, I think we have tools for everything, you know, data sourcing, analysis, uh, distribution, promotion. So that's the first thing that is really nice for us. Um, so that's the first one. The second one, I, I would say 
just the, the amount of data, the proliferation mm -hmm. of data. That's probably something that didn't change over the last nine years, but probably like last 15 years maybe. Nowadays, we have so much data available yeah. that it's a nice thing because yeah, at least you don't feel like you don't you don't have access to anything, but at the same time, you know, you drown in too to, much. Exactly. So that's why, again, I come back to the tools and the processes. You have to have the right tools to, to filter it out, and you have to have the right processes to know what to look for, and the right mindset, critical mm -hmm. mindset to do the analysis yourself. So the amount of data, and also, yeah, you're right. It's not only good data out there now. Yeah. A lot of like, you got to find a needle in the haystack. Yeah, because some of the time might be just, you know, an opinion, like very mm -hmm. opinionated, like not reflecting the factual things. Some might just be bluntly wrong or bluntly, you know, misleading. So, yeah, you have to... Or true and not true and just not impactful. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah, you have to figure out what's the noise fluff. that you can. Yeah, exactly. What the fluff you can not you know forget about and for yeah, what you have to focus on. The other one I tell you that is a really exciting one for us and I think is just uh, like shifted over the last five years and it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to evolve over the next ten years. Is maybe five ten years ago, you know, the execs, the company did not really understand the value of CI very mm. well. Mm. So it was like kind of, it was a cost center. It was like, yeah, it's nice yeah. to do if you can afford it. But eh. nowadays people really start to understand the tactical, mid-range and strategic impact that CI can have on the, the company and every department within the company. The top execs, VPs, and even, you know, the sales on the field, they, they, they consider you more when you're a CI person. They, they come back, they come to you more often for your expertise. So they, yeah, we've built, I think, that, that reputation and we've proven the impact overall mm -hmm. as a, a function that, yeah, now we're getting more, you know, seated at the decent. table. Yeah, exactly. Sit at the table with the execs or the, the decision makers. I'm joined by Justin Topliff, head of Compete at High Spot, friend of the show. What I tell him is he is actually one of the original guinea pigs from the CE show, one of the first people that relented and allowed me to podcast him when I didn't even know what I was doing. I don't know if I still do know what I'm doing now, but I'm seeing you in person. This is awesome. One of the conversations has happened over the last two or three days, and it's like, it sounds like it's the toughest not to crack and compete, or maybe it's not in your opinion, but this idea of proving the impact on revenue. How do you prove your output? And I've heard a lot of different answers from different folks, and honestly, it's been a question that's come up like water cooler conversation a ton. So what, what's your approach right now in terms of improving your impact on revenue as a compete organization? Yeah, the first thing I'll say is I think you have to. And just with any business program, right, no matter where you live in the business, you need to be able to point to the results that you're delivering to the business. And I think compete is a big hot button. It's something that happens naturally in every company, regardless of industry, size, market maturity, there are competitors in your deals. And ideally, you want to win all of the deals, you know, that you're selling into. So starting with that in mind is paramount. Mm -hmm. And I think it is difficult to quantify unless you have enough activities up and running and some tooling in place mm -hmm. that lets you measure different things. So stuff that we pay attention to at Highspot um, is competitive win rate in addition to overall win rate that includes no decision we split out the we take the no decision out of the picture and we take a look at the deals that are competitive how we're trending there we look at that in a variety of ways across different market segments across different industries or customer types whatever your business may have and we set a minimum that we want to try and meet a threshold every year um, for for us that's as high as 70 percent in in some verticals or, or market segments. You can also look at that as improvement over time or year over year. So competitive win rate is something that I think should all of us are hopefully already paying attention to. Um, another thing that we track is the number of competitive displacements. So how mm. many customers have we stolen from our main competitors over the years? 
that's another great way to demonstrate success. There's usage components and consumption components. That gets really easy to measure around things like competitive sales plays that you may develop. For us, those live in high spot, and thanks to our scorecard technology, we're able to see what consumption is looking like, what content is being shared. We can actually attribute a lot of that to closed one revenue. So I can point to revenue numbers uh, associated with different pieces of my content. There's also involvement in deals. So if you're using an ACRM, you can probably add a checkbox or a field whenever you're tagged into a deal by your sales reps and you can measure it that way. You can say I influenced $10 million in one ARR over the past year. And that's a great way to look at that as well. Win-loss is another great way uh, to quantify your impact. And that's really useful because so many other areas of the business benefit from that intelligence. So we, we've set up automation there as well. And over the past year, we've gathered over 300 feedback profiles from our buyers. And that makes it really easy to, you hear a lot of things from those buyers, right? They'll tell you what you did right, what you did wrong, what they really enjoyed about your sales cycle. Oftentimes they point to content pieces that you made as a compete person or a compete team. And, and those anecdotes, the, the qualitative feedback as well, helps you paint the picture of overall return on, on all these different activities. I am joined by Zavo Gabriel the senior manager of competitive intelligence at culture amp so you said you got into compete 2019 so that's like three two and a half years ago now yeah yeah is there something now that you wish you could tell yourself then when you started getting into compete before you'd start that's a good question um trust your instincts and don't be afraid to jump in with both feet um i spent i think i spent a lot of time second guessing myself and um because i was new to this field that i was learning how to fly while I was building the plane, while I was falling off the cliff. Yeah. How far can I take that analogy? <laughs> um, there were a lot of times when I was, when I was second guessing myself, when I wasn't, um, I wasn't really sure that what I was doing was right. Being less afraid to sort of put my foot down and say, no, this is what we need mm -hmm. to do. This is the way we need to do it. Have there been any highlights from any sessions in terms of, I mean, we've had, I, we've had countless amounts of people that are some of the best minds and compete that are like yeah. decades of experience and there's been plenty of tactical strategic lessons so far has anything stood out to you on that side so i just came from a session that your product marketing lead man uh, moderated with salesforce um, the team at salesforce and it was really interesting how much overlap there was between the way i've been thinking about setting up a ci function mm -hmm. at, at culture amp and the kinds of the kinds of stakeholders that matter and the kind of the kind of reputation that you have to build mm. as a CI function, that like the the sort of trusted truth teller, not just throwing materials over the wall, but mm. really getting a seat at the table and being part of the conversation where it's not just that people are consuming what you write, it's that they care what you think. You know, and this was the this was the VP and the director, this was a, a you know, members of a CI team at an eighty thousand person company. And here I am, you know, I am I am one person on the product marketing team who owns competitive intelligence for CultureAmp, and it's the same. It's the same attitude, and that was really, that was really great to hear. It really reassuring because those are the bits that matter, no matter what scale you're at. Mm -hmm. You know, and whether I'm, whether I'm a department of one or whether in some future state, I have a team, and you know, as the company continues to grow or whatever, this is the fact that I've been thinking about that and shows that, okay, I'm I'm on the right track with this. This is this is good today. I am joined by my friend Dan Hamilton. He's the VP of Competitive Intelligence at this up-and-coming startup you may have heard of, <laughs> um, Salesforce. Yeah. Dan, it's a pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. I'm stoked, man. Uh, there is 
waiters, servers, people breaking everything down around us. We're the last ones in here. We're still here. We're the last ones at the table, still working. We may or may not have been the last people having drinks last <laughs> night as well. So we're working hard. Yeah. And we're, I was networking. Sorry. Yes. We were networking. Late exactly. Night absolutely. Building our networks. What the hell do compete professionals need to stop doing? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's going to be the longest podcast you've ever done. Um, a, a pattern I see too often in like B2B tech is you get stuck in this lane where, yes, I am the team that builds battle cards and content uh, and I just do stuff for people versus like really feeling comfortable and confident and credible enough to say, actually, this is what I think we should do. That's a hard place to get to and it's kind of comfortable, right? To write battle cards, it feels good. Oh, I'm doing stuff, whatever. People are happy, they love this content. You know, to me, that's a path to just burnout, mediocre work. Like you're never gonna actually advance what you're trying to do in CI if you get stuck in that lane. So I just, it's, it's, a, it's a pain point for me. I think the, the only other thing that I would say too is I think too often, CI firms and especially organizations think that the best way to beat the competition is just to have the right message, right? As long as we can put these, this string of words together on this page, we're going to win every time, right? And that's just not, it might, that might be true early on, right? Where you have this crazy like differentiation and the gap between you and the incumbent is huge, but that evaporates really quickly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think just, just telling yourself that, oh, if we only had the right positioning, we would be fine is uh, another bad path to go down. Then what's the answer then in, in contrast? If it's not just messaging, what, what, what really matters then? Yeah, man. So I think um, one thing I think a lot about, I think this was in a book called High Output Management by this guy, Andy Grove. <laughs> it's this amazing book on, on like leadership and management. And one of the, the things that really stuck with me from that was he has this principle called leverage, mm -hmm. right? Which is what is the 5% of activities that I can spend all of my time on that's going to deliver the most impact, right? So for me, like at Salesforce, we think a lot about like the business context, the competitive context, and like what we realize is if we can convince the company to make this change to our product roadmap or enter this new market or, you know, whatever, fix this part of the organization that's not functioning properly, that actually can have a force multiplier effect where I can actually influence hundreds of millions of dollars versus, hey, let me make sure all my sales reps see the battle card, which maybe I'll incrementally affect a deal here or there. So You know, it's difficult though, hey, because what you say with the battle card thing is it's a deliverable. It's yeah. also like a checkbox, but it is a deliverable and it's like, oh, I've completed a task. Yeah. Where is the what you're talking about there is it's not a risk, but it's not necessarily something that's concrete that you have to yeah. do. It's like you almost have to pave your way. You have to find a way yeah. to influence and make a decision that yeah. might not be right in front of you right battle card to fill out it's safe right yeah it's, it's safe, safe it's option. comfortable and easy yeah for sure and and um and that work does still need to get done obviously. oh i mean that that is foundational right because yeah. that's the other thing that i said in the session was like if you're going to start a ci team especially in b2b anything you're going to start with sales right that's your first audience uh, they're going to love you. You can actually connect, you know, the work that you do to tangible business outcomes very quickly, right? But, you know, to me, it's just like, how do you move beyond that, right? How do you actually see the big picture? Um, because the reality is, like, I mean, we've we've gone down this path in the past. You know, you could spend six months building out a new competitive messaging program framework thing, whatever, and that's cool, right? And, and you know, marketing's going to love it. And, yeah, there are going to be some deals that you win because of that. I would rather spend the six months, though, understanding the fundamental, like, nature of the competition and, and almost change the playing field, right? 
that's that to me is where you actually drive the most impact and I, I don't think a lot of CI teams really move in that direction they're literally I think kicking us out at this point I think we're <laughs> I think we're the last ones in this whole building I mean you can't you can't get us out of here um Dan it was a pleasure dude thank um, you for having me. I think this is awesome thank you so much let's go